today on a classic compassion radio. The thing I love, Bram, about your history and continues today, quite honestly, is the emphasis on the Word of God. Hmm. I mean, you guys have been a part of so many beautiful projects in places like Iraq and Somalia and Sudan and places you don't necessarily associate with majority Christian areas, but places that are in desperate need of the Word of God. Good morning, friends, and welcome to Compassion Radio, the daily journal of the gospel on the move. The Great Commission is not a moving target, but those who benefit from it surely are. Thanks for joining us today. So, how do you prepare for a visit from a friend you haven't seen in a while? Put on the coffee and pull out the better linens for the table? Cook something special up, maybe. If anything, the past months have reminded us how special it is to have good friends just drop in. I got to do that very thing not long ago with my personal friend Greg Kelly and his marvelous ministry World Mission in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Over the years, you've heard many powerful stories of how people are bringing the word in new ways to the very edge of today's world, taking the Lord's commands seriously, passionately, and joyfully. Well, this time the tables have turned, literally, as Greg put me on the spot for his Alliance for the Unreached podcast. He was kind enough to permit me to share that talk with you. Here's that conversation. Well, it really is a privilege to welcome a dear friend of mine, a longtime partner with World Mission, and partner uh, from the standpoint of just blessing the body of Christ and the advocacy <laughs> for Jesus' last words, Bram. Floria of Compassion Radio, buddy, great to have you with us. It's a pleasure to be back with you. I'm, I'm sorry that we're not standing at the edge of the Dead Sea or on top of some mountain <laughs> in Jordan to do this, but this is about as close as I can get in America. Bram and I This have is had, the mount right here in Michigan. You're here on the mountain in Michigan. Bram and I have had some fun uh, international experiences, and I am very happy to sort of flip the roles a little bit. Normally, Bram's the one leading the interview, but today, buddy, I'm flipping the script on you, so mm. hopefully you're okay with that. I take it once or twice a year. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit, Bram. You have been involved in Compassion Radio yourself. Prior to you, of course, Norm Nelson, uh, legend in radio. Mm. You've been following in those footsteps. But Compassion Radio has a very rich heritage. So for the listeners here, on a third of us who maybe aren't as familiar with Compassion Radio, tell them a little bit about the background. We're looking at about 78 years now and pushing into our 79th year of ministry Norm's father, Wilbur, was one of the original radio evangelists and pastors that came out of Los Angeles back in the 40s and was one of the instrumental guys that helped organize the very first Billy Graham Crusades out in the West Coast. So from that history, built a legacy of solid teaching on Christian radio. In fact, if you think about the templates that have been used on Christian radio ever since when it comes to teaching, they've followed the same template that he laid out back in the 40s. He made friends of everybody else who was in Christian radio over those years as well. There was nobody that Norman Wilbur did not know or work with over those 50 or 60 years. And Norm took over in full in the late 80s and 90s and pivoted the program away from a teaching and music format into what it is today, which is very much about current affairs for the kingdom. It's not a political program at all. Yes. And it's not a entertainment program where you're trying to figure out who the celebrities in America are, even within Christendom. It is about God first and his people in action, moving, doing, going, and bringing the story home to those who have never heard it. Yeah. So he started hanging out with people like Brother Andrew, who is known as the God smuggler. And they would travel together and go places that no one else in the world was going at the time. And that opened his heart and his life. 
And then, of course, it was Bibles in China that really solidified for him that there was something happening in the 21st century that could not be denied or stopped. God was moving like never before. Mm. So that story became the core of what Compassion Radio became. You know, one of the things I love about Compassion Radio, these guys, friends, are passionate about Jesus' last words, taking the gospel really to the ends of the earth. It's everywhere, but Compassion Radio has really focused in on a lot of these places that we would call unreached today. Mm -hmm. And the thing I love, Bram, about your history, and and it continues today, quite honestly, is the emphasis on the Word of God. Mm. I mean, you guys have been a part of so many beautiful projects in places like Iraq and Somalia and Sudan in places you don't necessarily associate with majority Christian areas, but places that are in desperate need of the Word of God. So talk a little bit about that. Now, Bibles for the World has been a great partner as well, as yeah, you guys yeah, have prioritized Everybody that. from the Alliance has been part of some <laughs> kind of history with Norman Share over those years. So I was really proud and honored to be able to step in and travel along and meet some of the people like you, Greg, in what you do, not just by talking to you on the phone, but by saying, as you did, and John Podiati did over at Bible School World, come travel with me. Let's Mm -hmm. go. Let's go do this. And sure enough, we did that. And you find out who people really are by spending time with them where God's doing his work, right? Yeah, yeah. And you find out what your staff is like, what God really has put in them, what reservoir of strength and vision and passion for the Word they really have when they go. Yeah. It's not the talk that makes the difference. It's it's the time you spend on the field, yeah. right? Yeah. All those metaphors it. you've used so well of having to do with sports. <laughs> when you finally pick up the ball and got to run with it, then you find out what you're really made of. And that's what I found out about you and the folks for the Alliance is that you are absolutely game on from the moment you set foot on that airplane to go somewhere to encourage those and to bring back for your people the stories of what God is doing not 10 years ago, not last century, but right now. Yeah, yeah. And we are privileged to be witnesses of that and therefore capture some of that and bring it to a different audience. Those who care about these things or say they do, but may not know much about the ministries we talk about. So Mm -hmm. we introduce people to a lot of new ministries because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you also, Bram, have a direct history with the Alliance from the standpoint of the International Day for the Unreached, which Mm -hmm. we just celebrated recently, of course, on Pentecost Sunday. Bram actually was a participant in one of the International Day for the Unreached events years ago and did an amazing job sharing from his heart. I think, Bram, your perspective that is so unique. All of us have ministries that we're stewarding and we have our thing that we're doing. You get this perspective through the eyes of John Padati or through me mm-hmm. or through you know Larry, who used to serve at Partners International, many, many other, Brother Andrew, mm-hmm. and get this vast range of experience and understanding through as you're partnering alongside. Help us understand, Bram, uh, what you've learned as it relates to Jesus' last words to reaching the places where the gospel's never been. You know, spending time studying the word and hearing you preach from it when we were on the field out there, all of these verbs in the New Testament, especially they're gerunds, they're ongoing active verbs. God is doing stuff. He's not having done stuff or about to do stuff. He's doing, he's going, he's walking, he's sharing. And so we talked as we traveled together about how do we live sharingly or how we live generously, all those kind of words to describe what kind of attitude God wanted in our hearts in this time. And to know that he gave us this generation, these years on this planet to join him in this work. No one else is going to do it during the years that we have. We are it. 
So if we don't get out there and get serious about saying yes to Jesus and saying, I don't know where this is going to lead me. I don't know how people are going to respond. I don't know if anyone's even going to want a Bible when I get there. But I can't not go when God has made it so evident through circumstances, through the giving of other people to send me to go someplace, through the the courage that comes from people saying, please go get the story so we learn more about it, because I can't go right up. But you can. Mm. You pick up that baton, and you go out there, and you do the job. You come back and say, I don't know what else I can offer you but this story. And somehow that story itself has power. Yeah. You know, the story, you're right, that, that is so much everything, because sometimes we get caught up in these ambiguous phrases, even the unreached. So many mm-hmm. people don't have clarity. What exactly is the unreached? What is the ends of the earth? Things yeah. of that nature. But the story is what translates it. And that's the the power of Compassion yeah. Radio, Bram, for years, obviously predating you even with Norm, as you have it grabbed hold of that story and then conveyed it in such a way that really on its own merit conveys what the ends of the earth is unreached are. Talk as you have learned that skill and God's given you the ability to investigate and extract out what you feel. What are you looking for? What's the hero in that message? What are you trying to convey that like this is going to be a blessing to the body of Christ? And I have that responsibility. Well, as you were so good at educating me on my first trip with you, we're not going to the ends of the earth for everybody. We're going to the ends of the earth for us. Mm. You know, we cannot imagine how far out the gospel's gone, but God can. Yeah. And when you get there, it's their home. You're talking to people who live there. They're not just out there journeying to the ends of the earth with you, discovering something new. It's their home. God has already inhabited this planet with his children everywhere. They just don't know they're his children yet. So when you arrive there, you suddenly find this incredible welcome. There is such incredible hospitality in the people that God is ready to minister to. In fact, it seems like he's always preparing their hearts to be hospitable. Mm. And it stuns me, and it shouldn't anymore, but when you walk into a village and someone says, oh, oh, I've been waiting for you, I've expected you, how do you know? And sometimes, as you've told me, people have said, I saw you in a vision, I've seen you before, I know your face. And I've had that experience too where I've gone to a place I had no idea who I was going to meet there, but I saw somebody and the eyes locked and you just knew. Mm. And you know the Holy Spirit prepared both of you for that moment. And so you're walking into God's welcome in a place that he's already active. You're not going someplace that is dry or dead or whatever. His word has already preceded you by bringing you there. Mm. And people are already primed in their hearts to receive the word, not just the printed or the spoken word in that device that you give them, but from your story. They're waiting for God to speak through you Mm. when you arrive there. Yeah, I love that. Let's model this a little bit, Bram, just for a moment. I'm going to challenge you, my friend, Mm. going back in the memory banks a few years when we were in Jordan, okay? The, The thing I find in the irony in the Middle East... It's where the gospel started. It's where yes. it came from. Yeah, here we went just across the border. We literally were standing somewhere, Bram, where we could see Israel mm-hmm. as we were inside Jordan. Yet so many people in Jordan are yet to hear the gospel message for the first time. And we had the privilege. The thing I want you to reflect on, Bram, is in so many of these settings, community is highly valued. Mm. And the benefit of going into a community like in Jordan where the gospel's never been, yet tapping into that community, it's it's literally almost like a tinderbox, a tsunami waiting to happen. If we would just kind of do our part and get the gospel seeded into those cultures that so highly value 
community. Talk just a little bit about wow. that perspective of these places like Jordan, where if we can just do our work, being obedient to what God's called us to do, see the gospel, share the gospel, go. And then what happens when it goes into those cultures and that power dynamic of community? There is always going to be a hook in a culture that Jesus is already speaking the language of. So he knows the vernacular. He has the word phrases. He has the situations. He has even the cultural courtesies involved with what welcome is. And there's nothing about the gospel that's not welcome. Mm. God is saying, come to me, all you who are tired and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I mean, he's saying that, and he's bringing that rest to them where they are. He's not making them go a thousand miles to find it. That's your job, Greg. Mm. And that's John's job over at Bibles for the World. And the rest of the folks that are part of reaching the unreached group here, this whole alliance is about being the one who's willing to carry the water for a while. That's all you're doing. You're just carrying the bucket, and God's filling it with his spirit. You bring it to the place where they need a drink. Mm. You step into that, and they just welcome it because they're thirsty. Mm-hmm. They're already thirsty because God made them that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's easy when you walk into that. Friends, before we jump back to this important conversation, a quick reminder that it's your generosity and support that make Compassion Radio possible. Especially at a year like this, we need your vote of support. Call 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or give online at CompassionRadio.com in order to keep this program coming to you each day. And hear me when I say this, we are very thankful for you, especially now. And now, back to the interview. That's all you're doing. You're just carrying the bucket, and God's filling it with His Spirit. You bring it to the place where they need a drink, Mm. And they just welcome it because they're thirsty. Mm-hmm. They're already thirsty because God made them that way. Yeah. Now, Jordan, yeah. for example, it's easy to talk geographically about one culture at a time. You've got a culture who is already part of the family. They just mm. don't know it. I mean, mm. I, I keep coming back to that phrase because I mean it. They have not never heard, but this generation has never heard. Mm. But you know the word has been planted in that ground. When you walk where you, you know Abraham has walked. We came over the top of the mountain and we saw the heights and we saw the bottom. Yes. The very highest peaks up there in Jordan, the very lowest place on earth was right below us. And you and I went to both of them in the same day. Yes. A story about being on top of that mount there where this basilica, where they've got the Ebenezer as a sculpture that stands up at the top of this pavilion that shows where Moses probably stood to hold up the snake on the stick mm. and to hold it above the people while they fought for their freedom. And when they were sick and when they were dying, they could look at the stick and it would be healed on the spot, instantly. Mm. We know that from Scripture. You and I were standing up there. I'm bringing up on the ladder underneath this thing. Interesting thing happened. At the time of day we were looking at this Ebenezer on this mount, there was a shadow that was being cast by this Ebenezer sculpture on the whole pavilion around there, and it was a cross. Mm. It had kind of a thorn-looking lattice around it, and this cross section was on these people. You look down, and there was a whole group of Muslim clerics And their students that walked in there were standing right underneath this Ebenezer. I could see on them the shadow of the cross. Mm. And they were asking those teachers, what is it about what happened here? What does this thing mean? What is this this symbol? And they were discussing and debating from the scripture they had handy to them, which was the Quran. What does this mean? And they were debating and they were confused. I was thinking, good grief, if we could just sit there right this very moment and hand you all of the scriptures that I know are in your language, you could read the story with us. 
And it really happened I mean, mm. on this spot. I mean, it, right there. Reliving this for me was a powerful moment because it was real for me. And I could tell the story myself to others when I got home of what it was like to stand in the shadow of the cross on the mount that Moses stood upon with his Ebenezer, overshadowing those who were still seeking truth mm. in today's world. That was one of those scenes that you can't manufacture. You no. have to experience them because God put you there. Yeah. Wow. That was powerful. I mean, just thinking about the history and everything that uh, was going on there, looking down, the thing that we've spoken about is the Dead Sea and mm. just how the same point of origin, of course, the Jordan River coming through and bringing blessing to the Sea of Galilee and the fruitfulness that's in every direction and the beauty of it and the greenery and the flowers. And then you get to this very different scene, don't you? When you're looking at the Dead Sea, yeah. I mean, Try to describe that for someone who's maybe never seen it. Because the same Jordan River that brings life to the Sea of Galilee pours in and gives the Dead Sea opportunity, but it has a very different feel to it, doesn't it? Standing there before we even went to the baptismal site of Jesus, we were right on the edge of two worlds there. And this world was a world of the dead. You and I were standing on the shore where not a thing grew because the soil itself was toxic. Maybe some mustard plants would survive if it rained enough there, but the soil was so salty, so full of heavy metals, that nothing would grow there. Mm. And the waters below you didn't look normal. They looked metallic. Things would just kind of ripple in the winds, but not like real waves would, because the water was so heavy with all of this heavy metals. It's been doing that for thousands, maybe millions of years. Jesus was baptized just up the stream from mm. that, within sight of the Dead Sea, we know that Jesus stepped in the waters to be baptized. That's right. So this is the line between the living and the dead, mm. where Jesus begins his ministry, where thousands of years of Christians have gone to be baptized in the Jordan River, not far from where it empties into what is eternally dead. Mm. Yeah. That's the world we're standing on, friend. We're yeah. right at the juncture between what's still living but in danger yes. and that which is truly dead. And yeah, you look at that beautiful, mysterious, and unearthly view of the Dead Sea, and you got to admire it for what it is, but realizing that there is nothing that is alive in me that could survive there. Mm, man, wow. That's a powerful story, Bram, and I think I think helps people understand that and, and see that a little bit more. We're with Bram Floria, who is the director and leader of Compassion Radio here on A Third of Us. Great to have Bram with us. Bram, over the years at Compassion Radio, the technology <laughs> has massively changed from the days of tape and reel and whatever it was before then. And you guys are constantly trying to adapt. Technology is changing so quickly and understanding the needs of your partners and all the different media yeah. um, sort of resources and tools. And you've really become an expert in media in general. So talk a little bit about what Compassion Radio has had to do to adapt. And as you're serving the <laughs> body of Christ yeah. in such a beautiful way. I don't know that I'm an expert so much as an unexpected victim of it all. <laughs> you know, I walked into a transition time that seemed to be fairly straightforward. I was asked when I was brought on to be producer of the program, I said, where do you want the tape reel machines to go? So where are you going to actually spin up the reel-to-reels? I said, reel-to-what? I mean, what do you actually have on that? I had a whole catalog of programs to edit that were still on half-inch reel-to-reels. And then we had to figure out a way to get things to the stations because they didn't want things to be sent over this particular satellite anymore. They wanted things to be sent on CDs. So we had to make a transition to actually printing CDs every day to send the programs out. Wow. And that was being airmailed all over the country to all the stations that were part of our network. And then they wanted something different. They wanted to go to FTP. So we had to figure out how to get on the Internet to get that out. 
At the same time, I was working in what was becoming the first wave of internet streaming. When audio and video became something on the internet, I was involved with developing that. So I brought that over and said, okay, there's going to be a time when everything's going to be dropped directly to a box somewhere on the internet where someone's going to grab it and pull it down and put it on the program schedule the way they want to when they want to. We're not going to send anything physical anymore at all. Mm -hmm. I said the same thing's going to happen with the things we actually send out to people to have available to them to listen to the program again. In fact, it's going to be so instantaneous that you'll be able to just push a play button and be able to listen to it. The office was not understanding that at the time because we were still producing cassette tapes and then CDs and things to send out to listeners. Within a five-year period, we make the shifts from reel-to-reel tapes and cassettes and CDs to FTP uploads and downloads to internet streaming to podcasts. That's how fast it all spooled off at us. Mm. And so for the past 10 years, of course, it's been nothing but trying to figure out how do we hold the tail of this monster called the internet and ride this wave because it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And of course, what you're doing now is an immediacy. People are probably listening on their iPhones, whatever, while they're jogging and enjoying the outdoors or something at the end of the COVID era, but they're going podcast. So the idea of communication, the intimacy of being able to sit across the table like we do like this and have a cup of coffee and have this talk is still needed. And people still want to hear us like they're right next to us, but they're not doing it necessarily in their car on the way to work. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it during a certain set time of the day where they're always going to be in the same location. They're moving a lot. Mm. It's obvious that things like podcasting are become the, the mainstream, the actual core of audio and video communications going forward. Mm. Compassion Radio has done an amazing job of delivering really what God is doing. It's, it's educating us, Bram. Just want to thank you for that. Challenging people, calling them to become a participant. You're asking the question that all of us at the Alliance try to, which is, what is your expression of following Jesus' last Mm -hmm. words? Which every follower of Jesus has to understand the answer to that question for themselves. Because uh, what's at stake is, are we the generation or are we not? And Mm -hmm. if we don't have an answer to that question, what's your expression? We will not be the generation. However, if everyone listening to us today and every follower of Jesus says, oh, I clearly understand what my expression of following Jesus' last words are, we are without a doubt the generation that fulfills the Great Commission. That's what's at stake. So Compassion Radio in so many ways is leading the charge and the way. Bram, thanks again, brother. If people want to learn more about Compassion Radio, maybe have been living in a cave the last 50 years and don't know about Compassion Radio, how do they connect with you guys? Not difficult. It's CompassionRadio.com. And we have our podcast up ourselves every day for the program we broadcast across about 500 stations in the United States. And we know that this is going to be a a synthesis of all kinds of new ways of connecting with people. This is just one step along the way. You're giving different technologies, different people groups as you go along the way because there are certain things that will reach more effectively in certain situations, cultures, and geographies than others. Some don't have the kind of broadcast or internet capabilities that we currently have here in the West. So use the highest form of technology you have to reach them where they are. And those things will continually overlap. You ask about where we are in this. If we really know the end of the story, why are we not starting with the end of the story and reading the book backwards? Mm. We keep talking about this thing like we know the end of the story, like it's never going to come, like we're always a thousand years off from it. It could be, as we've talked about before, as soon as five or 10 or 20 years, that there is at least a single witness in every single language group on the planet. It's possible. Mm. Not likely, but it's getting much closer. But if we really know that God will, in fact, infect the entire planet with his love and Jesus' story, and there will not be a people group left that doesn't know him, and there will not be a growing body of believers in every single culture on this planet, 
if we really know it and we really believe it, why would we not rejoice that we have the opportunity to do our part on the way to that glorious day? Yes. And it may be five years, maybe 50, maybe 150. I don't know. Mm. But why wait? <laughs> and we're always talking about wanting to get involved with what God's doing right now. Yes. Amen. Bram, you are a blessing to the body, my friend. Thank you. Uh, we honor you, Compassion Radio, Share, um, just the rest of the leadership team. Thank you so much for uh, doing what you do, brother. Keep it up. And we need to travel together soon. I miss we those do. times. I love it. Looking forward to it. If Jesus was ever a real person, our faith clearly tells us he's just as real today and just as compassionate in a very real sense. My challenge to you is to invite him close today so that you will know it to be true. There's no doubt that trying times bring out the best and the worst in mankind. I pray that God will bring out the very best of him in you today. Thank you for standing with Compassion Radio in times like this. I think you know that we're a unique voice in Christian radio. Your generosity and your faith in us make it possible for us to continue doing what we do each and every day. Our radio stations, networks, and ministry partners around the world are counting on us to continue what we do so that they can do what they do. Quality Christian teaching and programs come to you because you support it. With all this happening in the world right now, Christian radio has never been more needed to bring you the truth, comfort, and challenge that we need to live a gospel-filled life in the world. I humbly ask that you not forget us as we do the work we do for you. If you've never given before, would you consider doing so today? If you have supported Compassion Radio in the past, would you consider making us a part of your regular monthly giving plan? Thank you, friend. We're praying God's peace, provision, and courage over you today. The toll-free number is 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. You can mail Compassion Radio at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. And we're online 24-7 at CompassionRadio.com. Don't wait, friends. Join us online to find out how you can be involved with this unique and timely ministry. Thanks for joining us today.